Now you make me raise my voice and I'll snap your neck like a breadstick. You fucking phony. What do you take me for? Nicky never saw a dollar one of my money. My million bucks went straight in your pockets. Tony, I personally... Don't you fucking lie to me, you scumbag. You lie to me again, I'll tell you what. You're gonna end up in that river out there. Now you think about this when you go out. You take a look down. And imagine what it's gonna feel like, huh? Sliding around down the bottom with them eels and them crabs crawling out of your eyeballs. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to a brand new episode of Fascinated with Films. Uh, he's a criminal? Yeah. <laughs> Is that the answer? You look, that's and the that's answer, our right? political stance on that. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so how you been, man? I've been good. I've been good. Did a little mini vacation. I guess that as much of a vacation you can do when you have uh, animals and responsibilities and a farm to take care of. Was what, that like going a, up to Tallahassee? Yeah. Was that For like two days? A, no, that was a work, that was a work job. That was a oh, that's right. You went up there to help clear I mean, out some. Yeah, stuff. I was. It was was that favor favor for a for a family member, but it still was a lot of work. Now, was that told to you beforehand, or was it like no? We hey, had it planned. No, I mean, I brought the tractor up there. Oh, okay, yeah. That's why people have the love for you. Yeah, <laughs> you got that big old tractor. I have a backhoe and a front end loader. Not Everyone's a big your one, friend. but everybody says the same thing after. Like, they'll I pull up and they'll be like. There's no way he's going to be able to do this job with that tractor. Oh yeah, and then at the end they're like, "Man, I can't believe that tractor can." And then do, they can probably imagine like doing it themselves by hand because I, imagine she, if we well, had it on the shoot. Oh well, she she said uh, Amy's like she's like that would have taken me a year, <laughs> literally, if I yeah. moved all those logs myself. I probably moved a hundred logs between. You need something like that, so you have like a little crane kind of pickup. I don't have a grapple. I I uh, either stick it in the bucket kind of sideways and okay. protruding out, or I'll just roll it. I guess you could just roll it. Yeah, I'll that's just cool. Roll them. It's like everyone's your buddy when you have a pickup truck, when you have a uh, a backhoe, yeah. when you're a tattoo artist. You know all the, yeah. these different things. Everyone's your best friend. So drug dealer, <laughs> drug dealer. Yeah, <laughs> all, all these things. <laughs> oh, that's cool. I uh, I spent the, the last week watching a few movies, and I'll, I'll talk about a bunch of them. I think I have one for every category of my list: the fantastic, very good, decent, and dog shit. But I did spend time watching two TV series that I'll give kind of uh, some love for real quick. The Sandman, which is that graphic novel that everyone says the Watchmen and the Sandman are like the two best graphic novels ever created. So I was like, well, I got to watch it. And it's very fantasy oriented, but very dark and very sexy and very just brutal and everything. And I loved it. It was like 10 episodes, like cruised through it every morning. I got up and watched a few of them and... uh Big, huge cast on it. Uh, Boyd Hallbrook, who I love. I think he's one of the best uh, actors acting right now. He's the guy with the one arm from Logan. And he was in the uh, the Hatfield McCoys. He had the white eye. Okay, he's yeah, been yeah, in yeah. tons and tons of stuff. He's just getting more and more uh, work. I saw him after the... Oh, he was great in NARC. Yes. Yes, he was, he was the, the first one, That's why I keep NARC. trying to get you to watch No, NARC. I watched the first half of the first season, which it was good. It gets better every... Morning. Yeah, no doubt. So I watched that. And I, it helps you with Spanish, too. I loved it, yeah. If you're trying to learn Spanish. It's, it's a very kind of great, like, uh, he's the he controls the dream world. And, uh, like, at the very first episode, he's captured by Child's Dance and kept in this bubble for, like, a 
like 200 years. So the dream people were dying in the dream world and you didn't realize what he was kind of keeping people from. Charles Dance, he's always trying to capture people. I know, man. (laughs) (laughs) He's great at that. He's great at that. I kind of look like a Nazi, but I'm not (laughs) the type look. And I can always play a villain. He almost always plays a villain now. Like the head honcho villain, usually. Yeah. Like I'm surprised he wasn't a Bond Bond villain. Yeah, I'm surprised. They could still do it. He's of that age now that he would work really well as a Bond villain. Yeah, because he is kind of the new Max von Sydow. I loved him in... uh, I love him in Alien 3, and that's probably oh, the yeah. only time he was probably a, a sweet, decent character, and he still played a criminal. And you wouldn't even sort of recognize him, to be honest with you. That's on his younger age. Cause he, um, and he had his head was completely shaved. That's true. That voice, though, you can't mistake that voice. So the other mo- uh, show that I watched was Paper Girls, which we have... I read the comics, and we have three copies of issue number one, because I and we, we buy, paid like five Buy me, bucks. Buy me out. Okay, like, yeah, the, the Raws are only going for, it's it's all the CGCs. The Raws are going for like, you can get good condition Raws for like $30, $40. It's the getting them CGC, that's when they start going for like 150 But they dropped the, I don't know if they dropped the whole series all at once or we just happened to be late on it because I think we it did come out like a month ago. Uh, but we ran through it all in one day and we loved it. It's a great time travel kind of kids. It. If you're 13, this is the show for you, man. It's just a fun ass show, where we get those things. CD'd. They they just end up going through a vortex. How it would condition are then? What's that? Oh, great. They could get 9.6, so if I sent them off. But man, I just sent three off to the CGC. Expensive, 150 dollars. You better make sure what you send them is yeah, worth. It's gonna hit. Yeah. That's the key. Just make don't just be flippant about it. Like I sent my Avengers number six, which is the first appearance of Baron Zemo, mm-hmm. which I'm hoping to get. It says it's in grading right now, so I might get my score. But that's a, such an old issue that I'm hoping for a 3.0 or higher. 3.0, I'm fine with. 3.0, I still can get four hundred dollars for it. I was gonna send you something to see if you wanted to invest in it. It was a Avengers number one. Yeah, that was like one point five. It seems bad, but it's not when it's that old. And when it's that old, you don't want to touch it. You want it encapsulated. Yeah. You don't want to even. But it was thousands it. of dollars. But it it was like yeah, still a piece you, of history. I went and looked at other ones, and, and the increase in that. Yeah, they're comparable. The Avengers. The, the Avengers uh, will be popular for a long time. Yeah. That universe is pretty solid. Oh, it's they have the next eight, ten, twelve movies slated. So, all right. So yeah, Paper Girls. Check it out. It's great. I love the. Uh, the time travel stuff where they like jump forward from like 88 to 2019 and they go back to their house. One of their houses was like close by when they went through the vortex, the Asian girl. And she went back to the house and it was Ali Wong, you know, the stand-up comedian playing Mm -hmm. her. And uh, it was just an ingenious idea because in the same, like Doc Brown would have a shit fit over this, but you've got the older self and the younger self are completely interacting. I'm like, why are we still living at mom's house? Why, why aren't you, uh, why aren't you talking to our sister? She's got all these judgy questions by her, her younger self to her. And it's the arguments that she has with her younger self. You have no idea what we go through. He says, well, you don't have to go through what I go through. And it, it's a very like kind of trippy thing to see. And then you're, you're, you're looking forward to seeing the other adults and how their life went. But the interaction. But she's not changing because of that? No, she's... Uh, well, we don't. We're anticipating that maybe she'll get back to 1988 at some point, and then maybe she can make different decisions than the older one did. Uh, but it was, it was fascinating. I'm a sucker for time travel movies, uh, time travel shows, and movies, especially when they're done pretty well, you know. But 
for movie wise, because I watched so many series this week, I only I only watched a few. But I can tell you, and I'm not going to do any spoilers on any of these. Uh, well, at least at least the fantastic and the very good one. But so let's start from the bottom up. Let's start with the dog shit. I don't want to end off on dog shit. This is this week. This is this week. This week's dog this, shit. This was edition. Paul's uh, movie sponsored nook. by Perina. Yeah, <laughs> Paul's movie nook dog shit brought to you by Kibble. Uh, <laughs> So, that they them. Did I send you the clip for that? No, but it's I've heard of it. It's a slasher movie yeah, with yeah. Kevin Bacon, and it, man, it had so much potential. I was so happy of it that they brought it to a conversion camp. It was just done really badly, really badly. The dialogue was bad. They didn't. It was like an hour and a half long movie, and it took them forty eight minutes to kill somebody. Forty eight minutes, and we're walking around. It's like. Is this a slasher movie, or we just been had? You like, can't use the word slasher. Like at For, those Christian carnivals where they take you yeah. in someplace, and you realize, oh, they're trying to save us. Holy shit, let's get the fuck out of here. <laughs> I think we got had in that movie. And then it was just so typical as it came on. And the problem with those movies that come on so slow, you better nail that friggin' ending, man. If it comes on, mm-hmm. nothing happens for 45 minutes, yeah. and the last half is awesome, you'd be like, oh, that's a slow... That's when they call things... If you want to sense it. Yeah. You gotta you gotta have the home, home when run. you hear people use the term slow burn, it's usually only on a good movie, you know. <laughs> it's yeah. only yeah, on yeah, yeah it slow movie, uh bad ending doesn't turn out well. So I would stay away from Don't see it. that was on like the Peacock or Paramount. Uh, it was Par- the Paramount uh, one. Kevin Bacon has a big giant list of good movies. Yeah. And you he's can find got one. He's got a big one. A bad ones too. So this the, was chalked up to that. He gets away with it. This next one, I just bought this blindly because people were saying it was like one of the best kind of horror movies that come out in the last 15 years. And it went on my decent uh, list. But I had to spend, usually I don't mind blindly buying something if it's like five or six bucks. I had to pay 12 bucks for this sucker. And I was disappointed. We watched it like Friday night, Friday night horror night. It was called The Autopsy of Jane Doe. And it, I didn't even watch a trailer for it. I just read about it and it sounded great. It's basically two people, Brian Cox, uh, who obviously the original Mr. Hannibal Lecter. I love yeah. Brian Cox. He was an X-Men Yep, X Men. He played uh, Striker and X Men. I loved him in that role. And uh, Emil Hirsch, you know, from oh, Dangerous yeah. Lives mm-hmm. of uh, of Alter Boys, no, he's from, from Into the, the Wild. No, uh, that one California one when he milk. The, no, he was in. He played. Well, those are true though. <laughs> he was. That's in all not those the one movies. I'm thinking of. Uh, you know the one I'm thinking of when the guy takes a dump on his floor to get back at him. Oh him. yeah, Alpha Doc. Alpha. Yeah, <laughs> he played a scumbag in that. You usually don't get the he scene. Was, he was also in uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. He was the that's neighbor true. That's true. that uh, was living with uh, Robert, yeah. uh, Margot Robbie. Way, uh, what's his name was gone. So basically, it was they brought a body in, and the whole movie is them doing an autopsy. On the autopsy stuff was great. I mean, it was filmed beautifully. That's why it definitely made it to my decent list. It wasn't going to go on the dog shit list, but it just you wanted. It's still the same ghost story possession type thing that you're you see over and over again. the The highlights in it were definitely Brian Cox and Emil Hirsch. They should play father and son again. They did a really great job, and without them, this movie would have been on the dog shit list. Now. On my really good list, and really good movies will make it to my really good list. Give I don't. I try of a not. Really good movie that's besides this one, so I have some context. Oh well, uh, let me go. Um, I know you got your very good. list. Like the Batman, uh, the Doctor Strange is on here. Where would Joker uh, be? Company of Wolves. That would be on my very good list. I really separate fantastic to like absolute masterpieces in my mind. Really done that genre, done like perfectly. You ever taken one off? 
I have. I shift them around every once in a while. When if I like, think about it for the day. I see in that movie? Yeah. It wasn't as good as I thought. Or I've rewatched. I might move it up. And Justin might be angry that I didn't put this one on the fantastic list. But hey, the very good list it's is not, not list. Shabby. Well, in the very good list is not shabby. Very good list is absolutely really good. I would watch like it several times. Metal. And I know this is on his top 100. That's the only reason I mentioned that. Uh, that everything, everywhere, all at once. I thought was really, really good. Oh my god, it was, was really good. That was Michelle Yeoh. That's when she okay. can uh, she can get all the multiverses and everything. And I'll tell you, the only thing to keep this off the list. This was a two hour and twenty minute movie that could be done easily in an hour and forty. Okay. There were times in it where I'm checking my phone and I was like, I had to go back because I was like, oh, I, I just fell out of the movie like four or five times because it's so long. And it did not have to be. There's just there's a so director much, that needs to get over himself. I, yeah, I learned to edit yourself is what it, it comes down to because it was a fantastic movie. It's going to win tons of awards. Michelle Yeoh should be uh, nominated. Uh, Ki Hu Kwan should be nominated. He was so fucking good in this. The kid who played Short Round and Data. Yeah. Uh, Ki Hu Kwan. Uh, he was amazing he in this do movie. For the last twenty five years. He's done little stuff here and there, and he was on. Um, what was he on? It was. Uh, Head of the class. He was on for a little while. It was like two or three seasons. He was on the Billy Conley that's a ages. Long time ago. It was a long time ago, but I'm thinking he's been doing uh, minor stuff. But this brought him back. I've been doing Comic Cons. And I mean, he gave like an Oscar nominated uh, performance. He's crying on thing. There's a great relationship thing. And fantastic. Uh, I, I hate the word, use the word fantastic because then you like, you should be on your list then. It's very, very good. Like I said, the only th- and there's some movies like the VHS movies. Uh, VHS 1 and VHS 2 they're on my decent list those are really good and they should be on my really good list but the only reason they're on the decent list is that shaky cam man that shaky cam takes you out and same with this movie if it was an hour and 40 maybe an hour and 50 it would be perfect but this movie was long and not and it shouldn't have been you could tell watching it that I could when you can tell oh I would take that out I would take that out or trim the scene down all right the one movie to make on my fantastic uh, list this week last week the one that made it there was the crimes of the future which I talked about last week with Vigo Mortensen awesome movie definitely recommend that this week it's every, it's on everyone's fantastic list and I will not give any spoilers on this uh, specifically because Dave hasn't uh, watched it himself yet is 2022's prey that uh, Predator a sequel going back to like the Comanche era to fight the Predator was phenomenal. And what made it even better is watching Twitter this week and watching Jesse Ventura tweet that girl, uh, the main girl in it, and saying, You nailed it. Even his quote was, You have time to, you definitely don't have time to bleed. <laughs> <laughs> and then Bill Duke like tweeted her and said how fantastic it was and congratulations and it's back and almost nobody disagrees on this too i've spent so much time on the internet and i watch people shit on stuff and the shitting is very minor and the shitting that you do see you can tell that it's probably fake she i read an article before i knew a whole lot about the movie and uh, she auditioned and English and in Comanche. Comanche. Yeah, that's pretty cool. There's a version you can wa- you can watch it dubbed in Comanche. These actors have come back to record their lines in all Comanche, in Comanche, all of them, and, and you subtitled. can and you can watch it subtitled. So I watched the first one dubbed. I wanted to watch the first one dubbed, but I definitely intend on watching it later this week in Comanche. I think it's going to be amazing. But the action, it was just like a brutal. It was like The Revenant in a way, mm-hmm. you know, where it was just 
few people hunting this thing and figuring it out and not realizing what the uh, what the blood is and what this is, and it, it was phenomenal. Yeah, nothing bad to say about Prey. I loved it. All right, but this week, this week we're going to go into two of our favorite movies. Last week we did, what we do? Oh, Justin picked Project Threshold, which was super fun to talk about and to he revisit. He picked it off his list? Is that what we changed the his, format, right? No, it's anything on your top 100. Okay, that, but so, we're not picking a number anymore. No, you like can just before. just you can look at your top hundred list and gotcha. pick a movie that you gotcha. want to represent. And uh, good thing all seven police academies it, are. It on doesn't. It. I know. I know. <laughs> well, it makes me feel bad that our own movie project threshold wasn't on our top one hundred list. <laughs> it was. Uh, it wasn't on mine only because I didn't think it was allowed. Yeah, yeah. It was one of those things that like, I didn't even think movie. about it. I didn't even think about it. But it I'm always would did. be in my top hundred movies because. Yeah. I was intimately tied to the experience. The experience was great. It but, was wonderful. I, I loved going back and rewatching it. It holds up in a lot of ways, especially when you go into that movie realizing this is a bunch of friends with twenty with thirty. I could grand. never do. I could never do that again. That what we did at that pre- level. At that level, I would have to be paid and have like time off in between to plan. Like we did that while we had. Or jobs. you would have to have somebody else shoot we did, it. You would have to do, have. Yeah, we else we did all that stuff. While we still had jobs and yeah. lives, and I was still playing in bands, and you were still, you know. Yeah, I paid to get my route subbed for the 10 days, but that's about it. But for the pre planning, I mean, that was Ooh. a year. Oh, yeah. It was, it, we, I mean, people have no idea how long it that goes type of thing into takes. it. Did I tell you this story? Or you you told me the story. Either you told me the story, <laughs> or I told you the story. Why not me? I think it was you told me that, tell the that someone. The story. Oh, that. that that uh, the star, the female lead in Project Threshold, went back home, and then someone asked her if she had a copy of the DVD already. Um, like right after. No, what are you talking about? Someone, one of her family members, she was like, "I just got back from filming this film." Yeah, and she's like, "Oh, I want to see it. Do you have the DVD?" Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. that's right. They didn't realize. They didn't realize it. It's it going to be a editing. year. <laughs> It's not that type of movie. It's not like a little short that we made. So, yeah, and I still have hopes, and I've been looking into our uh, our next short film that we we've been wanting to make for a couple of years and everything. So maybe we'll make strides later this year to uh, to kind of make that happen uh, because it's going to be a, a slow build up, but it'll be fun. It's it's great stuff. So Justin brought that to the table. I brought the witch to the table, which I'm not sure you've seen yet, and it's it's fantastic. That's like the 1630 like in the woods family being like terrorized by the 1630? witch. 1630. Yeah, this is straight up in uh, outside of plantation yeah like right outside of salem like they get banished uh and they have plymouth plantations only 80 miles from yeah well no they get banished from the town to live in the woods oh just to recreate their own they have to build their own log cabin in the woods and now don't have the society around them to keep them kind of happened a lot everything yeah happened a lot so it was a fantastic movie it made my top 100 so tell us dave what made your top 100 this week um Training Day. Love Training Day. Did we see this in the theater together? Yeah. I, I have a feeling we did yeah. see it in the theater together. Uh, I love it. What year was this? Uh, ooh, let's take a guess. 2005? 2005? Is that I don't what know. it is? Oh, look it up. No idea. Check that shit up, man. Uh, I can check mine up. Well, I'll talk about mine why we because we're going to go back and talk more in depth with yours. And 2001. The, 2001. All right. My movie to be represented this week is 1993's Carlito's Way, which I saw several times in the theater. I might have seen it two or three times in the theater. Definitely two, maybe three. This is one we probably went and saw together. At least one of those three times, yeah. probably. And because it was I was still in Port Charlotte. Yep. It was Port Charlotte. I was, I, in fact, that was like in the middle of my time in Port Charlotte because I left... 
early 95. I graduated in 94, so yeah, it was 93. It was, uh, I loved it. It's one of my favorite directors of all time, uh, Brian De Palma. I have four of his movies on my top 100, but I just squeaked out not having seven. I could have easily had seven of his movies in my top 100, but I've kind of trimmed it down, so I only have four, which would be uh, Carlito's Way, The Untouchables. Um, damn it. Now I got to look. I got to take a peek. I have it written down right here. So Blood, take a look. Not Blood Simple, but um, what's the name? Where is my top 100 right here? So four of them would be Carlito's Way, Dressed to Kill, The Untouchables, and Scarface. Scarface is so good. I haven't seen Scarface in 20 years. You watch that shit, man. It's good. But let's start with Antoine Fuqua's brilliant, brilliant, probably the best movie he's ever done, Training Day. And this was his first outing with Denzel, and he has been a ride or die with Denzel. I mean, why uh, wouldn't he? For his entire he's career. A... He's done the Equalizer movies. Have you seen either of the Equalizer yeah, movies? Yeah, I saw Both the first good. one. Uh, Eric is Eric and my buddy Jay up north. Huge fans. I, saw, I went in with low expectations, yeah. but it was good. Uh he did a couple other... Magnificent Seven. I never saw the remake of it. Neither. Yeah, I never saw it. It didn't look like the greatest thing to me. But I think Denzel plays a bad guy in it, so it might have been good. But this, I was all for this training day, man. Yeah. And this was a movie that was fantastic from beginning to end. It was brilliantly cast. I had heard that they had picked... They had another choice, possibly... Uh, Ethan Hawke was in the top of the rung, but there was one other guy that they and were he, looking at. I, and he couldn't... He already had gotten cast in something else. I think else, he I think. got cast in something else. I can't remember who that is. It's I probably think it was somebody who was a bigger name, but I don't. But I can't ever see. Well, when you talk about it, I can look at. I can look up some of the trivia about it. But uh, yeah, Ethan Hawke was brilliantly cast uh, in this movie. You're, I mean, he's the rookie trying to make an impression. Uh, Denzel Washington, Toby Maguire. Toby Maguire. It, it might have worked. Maybe not. It would have worked. He's he's similar of yeah. that type of stuff. Yeah. But uh, Denzel Washington's character obviously knows the streets in L.A. This is a great L.A. Very movie. Very L.A. movie. Very yeah. L.A. Very L.A. movie. The whole feel, the gang vibe to it and all. But the way that they wrote his character, he was sort of the anti-hero because you liked him. Yeah. Up until Up until a like certain him. point. And you really, mm-hmm. like, to the point where you were, you were you like. You were almost defending him. You're like, you got to get your shit together. This is the streets that he's not. He's not in a plain clothes. I mean, he's not a cop in uniform on the. Well, they have a lot of instances where he, yeah. they kind of talk about that, you know, which is yeah. which is really. You want to be a wolf or you want to be a sheep? Yeah. Remember that's he's what he very likable. You know, it's one of those masterful, and this is why it would make it to anyone's top one hundred list is just the masterful of storytelling that they go through with this specifically with, like you said, how you are a ride and die with him throughout the whole movie. And at the end, you are completely rooting against him. There's no one rooting for him at the end of this movie. You know, and we're going to be spoiler on both these movies mm-hmm. here so we can talk it as in depth as we can about them. And they're, they're pretty old movies. You should be able to uh, kind of talk about these movies. Uh, but yeah, it starts and it's a simple story, you know, until it's not, you know, because you, you, it kind of starts out as a simple story and then it gets really complex uh, as it goes along. But on the surface, we're just seeing a rookie cop, a rookie kind of. Uh, he wants to get into. He wants to be a detective. He wants to do undercover. Wants, yeah. And he's. I think he has four or five years as a street cop. And uh, I like that first scene when they first meet. Oh yeah. It's crazy. They wanted to establish who he was as a person right away. So he basically, he's reading his paper, 
And he sat there and said, order some breakfast. He's like, oh, I'm not hungry. So then he, he starts talking and, and uh, <laughs> Denzel Washington is like, tell me a story. It makes you wonder how much was improvised in that because I know the yeah, King Kong a- line was improvised. That was him at the end of the movie, King Kong ain't got shit on me. That was improvised. Probably one of the best improvised lines in history uh, in the movie. I, I guess I'd have to see a list of improvised lines, but I mean, that was a major line. There's a bunch of, yeah, just good... Good but the, yeah, that scene, scene, like when he's when he's like banging the uh, when he's banging the table with his hand, or when he was talking, uh, tell me about, uh, uh, tell me how hot that woman was yeah. and everything, and you and it so, established oh, you how had a kind of he says you're officer? a guy, aren't you? You got a dick, right? And it's establishing not only that Denzel is kind of a broish type dude, that Ethan Hawke is a decent dude with a decent family and a wife that he loves, and he just man, you feel bad for Ethan Hawke. Because he probably was bright-eyed. And this was all told over like one, two days, 30 hours maybe. And he had such high hopes for his new position. He probably waited his entire life doing bullshit rookie stuff so he could get this opportunity to learn under like this master of the streets. And then the master of the streets basically took that whole opportunity from him and used it as an opportunity for himself, you know? And it it was... (laughs) There's a great line at some point. So Denzel Washington gets in trouble off screen. We don't know. Yeah, we hear inklings. We hear inklings of him being in trouble. And he blows it off. He blows it off. First, we hear it from Scott Glenn. Yeah. He was off. Apparently, he was in Vegas. And he got in a fight. And he killed a Russian mob guy. Yeah. And they said... If you give us a million dollars to replace what this guy earns or whatever, which is a, a what's a great story is or what a, one of my favorite scenes in it is the scene where they go to the restaurant with three of the biggest oh, yeah, character yeah. actors yeah. ever. You got yeah. Raymond Barry, uh, you have the guy from Major League. What the hell is his name? Tom Berenger. and then you have that the guy with the he was the guy. I didn't want to didn't want to give him the chair I felt yeah. I owed yeah, it this guy him. from Scarface yeah. and the guy from uh, 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 Ghostbusters 2 and Narrow Margin he he was also <laughs> in that Ozark show he has a weird like uh, foreign name like Yeltsin or something Yeltsin or I can't remember but he's phenomenal it's those three guys and Denzel all at the table. Ethan Hawke's not even allowed at the table. He's allowed at the yeah. kiddies' table. And the adults are talking. <laughs> get a, get are a baseball stick. Yeah, get a baseball <laughs> stick. That's hilarious. Uh, and, oh, God, man. It, it's such a great... The story he tells. You remember the story he tells? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, this it's guy... peanut butter? <laughs> yeah. He's like, if I find him, I'm going to shoot him. He's like, he's like, I had this guy in court. And he packed his ass crack full of chunky Jeff, and he, <laughs> just before he was about to get sentenced, he pulled it out and started licking all his fingers clean. And the judge sent him, him to a yep. unfit for trial, and now he's back on the street. <laughs> and that's what Denzel is. Denzel's like the judge fell Good for, for him. it. Yeah, yeah well, he got away for it. it. Yeah, he beat the system. Yeah, you think so? That's what the other guy <laughs> yeah. said, man. Uh, you forget how many until a rewatch. You forget how many famous people are in this. Oh, you yeah. forget Snoop I mean, Dogg. Played that junkie on the street in the isn't, wheelchair. Isn't uh, Ice Cube one of his gang? Not Ice Cube, uh, Dre, I think. Dr. Dre, yeah. Yeah, I think Dr. Dre. He's on his crew. And then you have Zed. Zed. From Pulp Fiction. <laughs> Who hates being referred to as Zed when you ever talk about Oh, him. really? No, I'm I'm imagining. Probably. When an actor's like. Call him Redfoot instead. Yeah. That's his other uh, character. Call me Redfoot. Yeah, call, call me, me Zed. Redfoot instead. <laughs> Zed implies that, uh, yeah. What is this? Give it to the gimp. (laughs) There's that other guy who's really good in it. He was in Tears of the Sun, and uh, 
he was the one when they said, are you all right with it? Um, I'm all right with it. (laughs) He was great in it. Uh, Like we said, Scott Glenn was great. Eva Mendez came in and and did a great scene. And then our guys at the end, the uh, Latinos at the end. Oh, yeah. One of the most tense scenes. If I had to list mm-hmm. one of the of my top oh, yeah. five tense scenes ever, is you the were scene... just about to think that you were gonna see a remake of Scarface. Remember when they oh, yeah. cut him up with the chainsaw? Yeah. That was the most brutal thing I'd ever seen at the time. Scarface. That scene, yeah, of Scarface, yeah, yeah. and they didn't really even show anything. Not really, but they had a great way of making you feel like you did. You very very similar to Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah. Be like, I just saw the most bloody thing in the world. Did you? Did you? I mean, you saw go, blood flying. Yeah. That's about I it. I said, go back and watch it, and particularly for that. I, th- I think that's great. I mean, even Chainsaw, that's great filmmaking, te- man. Texas Chainsaw Massacre had so little blood. Yep. It was ridiculous. Great filmmaking. When they can really trick your mind into thinking you're seeing something that really is not as gory Chainsaw as you think. have that effect, That noise, though. man. My mm. wife, my wife, it's mm. one of her most hated noises. I mean, it's yeah. babies, but whatever. That's all I heard. <laughs> I, babies, there's more than chain- I'd rather hear a chainsaw. <laughs> It only has change. a few pitches. Chainsaws don't bother me. Uh, but what was great about the the guy who played the leader of the Latinos, I mean, he's from New Zealand, and he's got like a thick accent. We've seen him in several yeah. movies. He played the the guy from the Oasis yep. on Bringing Out the Dead. Oh, yeah. He was in Whale Rider. He always, he, a lot of times he plays a sympathetic character and stuff, but this guy, he must have had a blast playing this because it was him, and it was that Raymond Cruz guy, I think is his name, the guy, the guy from, from, uh, from Breaking Bad. Breaking Bad. Yep, the he first looked season. Like, looked like he puffed up. Tico, yeah. Oh, he definitely got on the roids and everything. He got of shit pushed in <laughs> he did with Rose. oh my god and how they brilliantly connected that scene with the scene in the alley yeah. from the beginning where ethan hawk helps the girl out and he, he only got away so here's only- so basically i don't at this point scott glenn's already dead right oh if we're talking that if we're, we're jumping talking, to the latino if we're scene, jumping yeah. to the latino yeah scene, yeah, right? yeah so he already broke his plan to him like Right after, remember, right after they. So what, Scott Glenn was a drug dealer that was friends with Dan, Denzel Washington because he gave him a bunch of information. Yeah, like basically, he was an informant for him forever and ever and ever, and he let him do his business. But then he was like, "It's time to tax him," and so they show up at Scott Glenn's house. Man, I I love Scott. Glenn what a in this betrayal! Movie. I love Man, Scott Glenn you, in this movie. He is just so cavalier at times. Yeah, even when they have the guns on him and he's yeah. looking at uh, Ethan yeah. because he knows he he. he in his mind, he doesn't think anything's going to happen. Even when he goes, boom, and he, he yeah. laughs with him and everything, and the jokes he tells. Uh, I loved Scott Glenn in this movie. The The problem they did, and if I was to go back to give Denzel, to give Alonzo some uh, some in, some uh, tips, how they thought that Ethan Hawke was going to be on, not only on board with it, but on board as the shooter that took Scott Glenn yeah. out. That was the mistake. Have Redfoot be the guy that took out the shooter. He could have... As he long as he's in the room with him. Maybe he thought he really needs to be on he the He needed hook. someone squeaky clean because I think his team was already yeah. looking bad. That was the problem, though. I, they should why, not have made him the shooter. I think... Ethan Hawke might even have went along with it. It was the idea that I'm not telling them I killed this guy because I did not kill this guy. It's one thing taking the money. I think he probably he might have taken that money. If if Redfoot said I'll be the guy who says that I was the shooter, it might have went yeah. differently. But I would have tried. To, I would have tried to get away with it without 
Ethan Hawke all together. It was brilliantly constructed when we realized, when Alonzo revealed what his plan was. When he was sitting down there after Scott Glenn was shot, and it, it just had an exposition explosion. Yeah. And, and the audience took it in like Ethan Hawke took it in. He'd be like, you've been planning this all day? I'm planning this all month. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and you realize getting him to smoke that PCP yeah. and it's in your system and you've been drinking beers and it's like he played that kid like a fiddle. It's one of those movies that when you watch it, you want to, at the end, you want to rewatch it immediately mm-hmm. because there's pick up, so see much. See if you're going to pick up on some more. Yeah, there's so much where you're like, oh my God, look what Alonzo's doing. And he won the Oscar for this, which was very well deserved. But I love they, Denzel. He's one they, of the best actors that, out there. Um, that neighborhood that, that Oh yeah, that Eva Mendez lived in. Yeah, they were allowed. Real neighborhood. Yeah, they had to get permission from the gangs. And the only reason they did it was because of Denzel and because of Fuqua. He knew them. Uh, Yeah, Fuqua was very familiar with the crew. I think and stuff. I think you're right about that. And they said, as long as you're with us, you're with us, and we want to use real resonance in the movie. So when you're watching that scene, like that kid with the bicycle, that that, yeah, like like the adult kid on on the bicycle, which was super uh, creepy. But he was driving. He had like a like a, a lollipop in his mouth, yeah. and he was and it just, was just that dead eye look that yeah. all these people gave, yeah. like getting haircuts on the street look. and everything. You realized, and I loved when he was like, "Don't ever try yeah, to come. Don't down ever here come down me, here without, without me. me." Yeah, and unfortunately, he has to do that. That Wa- he walked. Oh man, the Didn't crowd. He walk I love how the crowd crowd siding with yeah. Alonzo yeah. is one of the best moments in history uh, in movies, to my opinion, because. He had no idea that they were going to do that. And he had no idea how much that town hated him. You think, you think we love you? We're under your thumb here. We don't love you. He had to have known that. Because when he was first took him to Eva Mendez's house, he, when he went outside, and I think that he just one got cocky. Like, hate that motherfucker. <laughs> that's, what, that's what hurt Denzel in yeah. this whole movie is his cockiness. He, he got away with it for so long, and you, you try to get away with that type of attitude and that type of bravado for so long until someone calls you on your shit. The only BS I can call in that movie is remember when he went back at the end to get him, he had to go to Eva Mendez's house mm-hmm. and uh, he had a shotgun mounted under the under bed. The head? You don't think he would have that shotgun? No, there was a kid living there. His son was living there. Maybe. I'm not sure. He clearly didn't care a whole hell of a lot about that kid. No. I mean, he acted like he did around Ethan Hawke, but I don't think he did. Ethan Hawke cared about that kid and even Mendez a lot more than they did him. That's why they ran to him more than Alonzo and everything. Yeah, fantastic film, man. If you want to see Tour de Force by Denzel Washington, by everybody Ethan really Hawk. at the top to bottom. There wasn't a weak performance. Ethan Hawke is having movie. a moment right now too. Ethan mm-hmm. Hawke was in the the Moon Knight as the villain, really really good, and then he was the villain in this phone book that came out that everyone seems to like that I didn't get to see in the theater, but it's going to be coming out on DVD like super soon. So. I think in the next like three weeks it comes DVD, out. DVD still stuff comes still comes out on yeah, DVD. Redbox. I mean that's how they're doing it with Redbox. I love Redbox because if I can hold off for like a month, then uh, they'll sell it to you. Like I just bought that everything everywhere all at once. They'll offer you it too for five ninety nine. You can get the Blu Ray for on the uh, screen when you go. No, to on the... Redbox. Yeah, on Redbox. You can choose buy movie and okay. it will be on there. I bought that and I bought that uh, that unbelievable massive weight. Oh man, that Nicolas Cage movie—you would love that man. Oh, with the guy from Narc. Yeah, with the guy from uh, was he in Narc? Yeah, I didn't know realize he was in Narc. He's the Mandalorian also. He's the, yeah, but he's he and that other dude that with the glossy eye from the yeah the, with the partners. Oh, we're partners. Okay, yeah, he's great, but 
uh, Nicolas Cage is so funny in it, man. That You see the trailer for it, and you're like, this movie could be great. It's as good as the trailer shows. And it, yeah. it made it to my fantastic list. I thought it was <laughs> unbelievably uh, well. So Maria you definitely check that out. looked like she thought it would be oh, a good movie. It's great, man. It just pokes fun at them, and it's, just, it's everything you want it to be. And they take acid together, and they become like best friends, him and that guy. But then they like, then he pulls some gangster shit on him, right? Well, like he, he Nicolas Cage agrees to go to his house to just entertain yeah. him mm-hmm. on for his like birthday a for his birthday for like uh, like what you hear the Saudis doing for yeah, people yeah. and stuff but when he gets off the plane uh, Tiffany Haddish plays like a CIA agent that says Nicholas Cage just showed up at the airport and it, how does he know this guy so they snatch Nicholas Cage and said you know who you're hanging out with right he's like one of the biggest arms dealers in the world he's like nah this guy's good he said no he ain't good and she said you're gonna have to work for us and keep I us like in the loop Tiffany Haddish uh, what's that I like her yeah she's funny uh, she's good in that movie too. All right, let's go on to my movie here. Another movie that uh, we very well could have seen in the theater together. Like I said, I've seen it three times. Uh, I once saw, and, and this was interesting. I think I had seen a whole shitload of Brian De Palma movies before I had seen this interview. But Quentin did an interview on The Tonight Show where he said he would go see, Brian De Palma is his favorite director. And he would go to the, all of his movies five times in the theater. The first time he wants to go by himself, he doesn't want uh to be bothered by anybody the second time he goes also by himself and not until the third time does he start bringing people he'll bring his friends and everything and then he'll try to pick up on little stuff that he missed and everything he was just he's always been a huge brian de palma fan <laughs> i bet some of his friends like oh, i hope i'm not the one that has to go to the watch that movie yeah. with terry he never does nothing but talk the whole goddamn time. <laughs> no he probably doesn't he wants you to experience that type of thing for yourself but maybe at home he might do that type of thing i'll I'll watch a movie with Quentin at his home. He can talk through the whole fucking thing if he wants. Yeah. <laughs> as long as I've seen it before. But like I said, those four, Brian De Palma has always been one of my guys. Other than those four movies, Christine could have easily been on there. Carrie could have easily been on there. I love Blowout. And not that Brian De Palma didn't have some stinkers. I mean, he had some stinkers on there. He had some masterpieces that I just can't watch as much as kind of untouchables like Casualties of War is kind of on that list where you can't just dive into it. Yeah. Let's get some popcorn and watch some rape. You yeah. know, it's not one of those things that I want for a Sunday afternoon. I can't watch that movie ever again. I can watch it because it has some of the, some of the, it was one of the best shot movies he ever did, man. Yeah, God, it was so, so beautiful. Sad, though. The, the shot when they're on that fucking bridge, it's one mm-hmm. of the most heartbreaking scenes too, but the, the angles they're using mm-hmm. and the, her in the foreground and everything yeah. that's crazy in the Sean background. Sean with a knife in the Oh, background. God, it's so beautifully shot, man. But you can get that with almost any De Palma movie. So that being said, you I, I like it, but you could avoid that I would one. never watch it with anybody. Dress to Kill, beautifully shot. Dress to Kill is another story. That's Carlito's Way, though, man. Oh, I love this. And this was... He had obviously already worked with Pacino before in Scarface. Because the script was great. Script was great. I don't think it was based on a novel, but let me look and see who actually did the uh, thing. I have it pulled up right here. Like so, no, it was based on a novel. The novel was Carlito's Way and After Hours, and that might have been a sequel. David Cope did the screenplay. That's why this was good. David Cope did Jurassic Park, Mission Impossible, Stir Echoes. Uh, David Cope is one of the most famous. Did he win an Oscar? Let me look and see if David Cope's three wins, three nominations. No, he was nominated for War of the Worlds. Go. Town, Death Becomes Her, Stir Echoes, Spider Man. So, this guy is the fucking shit. So, and if you have a great script and you have Brian De Palma, who is one of the best cinematic kind of directors, in my opinion, because he's clearly has his own. And this of was Al Pacino. Frame up. 
at, at a great point in his life. Yeah. And you wasn't you too got young, a, wasn't you, too old. Yeah, you got a little of the caricature of Al Pacino, but he went outside of that a little bit. Yeah. And he played a was he Puerto Rican? Puerto Rican or or, or yeah, yeah Matt, last of the Mo Ricans is what yeah. he called himself in the movie, so he must have been like a Puerto Rican. And one of the most, I don't think Sean Penn was, Sean Penn didn't win the award for this, but he absolutely should have. This is one of the best transformations yeah, say, you've from, ever seen. From being a nerdy little lawyer to. Oh, God, man. Yeah, just throughout, not only, I'm, I was talking more of just like him as an individual, Sean Penn. No, coming but even the character. It, even the character. And that's what makes these movies great is the character arc is so crazy for uh, Kleinfeld in this movie that you have a gangster that just gets out of prison that doesn't want to be part of the life anymore. I am out. I am clear. I am going to live straight. And then we get Didn't out. Didn't he want to buy like a... Like a- like club, a hey, club, because he bought the club. He he bought Sasso's club. But I want he wanted to go rent scooters or something in in, in like paradise. Yeah, that was do some, the, that was the goal. He never that well, was that's the what goal. they were heading towards. But. Yeah, and then they decided to do the club thing. This is a great piano. Penelope Ann Miller. Love Penelope Ann Miller. She has always slept on. She on Big Top Pee Wee. Big Top Pee Wee. She's great in it. She played that like it was one of the biggest fucking roles. You watch her catch uh, Pee Wee kissing uh, the Italian girl, and it was probably one of the best reactions to anyone seeing something shocking. It's Penelope Ann Miller in that movie. I loved her in that movie. Uh, She's done a lot of stuff people forget that she has done. I loved her in The Shadow. I I loved Mm -hmm. The Shadow is one of the ones that I I love, Eric loves, and not many other people love. Is Alec Baldwin in The Shadow? Alec Baldwin, yep. And John Lone as uh, as Genghis Khan 3 and Tim Curry and Ian McGellan and I, I love that. It's not on my top 100, but it probably could have been. Maybe it is. Might be actually. No. But so you've got the lawyer for Carlito's way that helps facilitate his release. Yeah, Al Pacino gets out on technicality. Yep. Like he was going to serve an 18 years. Sean Penn or something. is happy and smug as shit about it. Too. Yeah. And the, the he's pro- keeping a lot from. Carlito at this point though yeah. he's got a huge coke addiction he wants he's, to be a gangster he's been he's been a lawyer for the mob yeah he's been a mob lawyer and he is in deep shit with the mob the the scene he where he stole goes and visits a million Tony dollars T. from the mob I don't know who was that actor who played Tony T when he visited him at One Rikers I push oh <laughs> so good man and the keys Remember, he's like, uh, does he have allergy problems or something? Or he keeps wiping his nose or something like that. He had to get out of there. He's like, I'm gonna die. I don't want to die in here. Yeah, I don't want to die in here. And that's where the movie takes off. But before that, you know, we it establishes the idea. So he goes that, back to the neighborhood. He sh- that's his mistake. He should have got yeah out of town. Yeah, he should have got. Everybody out of town. knew him. He was like strolling down the middle of the street. We got to see a lot of the old cast from Scarface in this yeah. movie. The guy he oh, was yeah. talking Michael, about, Michael. Uh, what's his last name? His buddy, skinny. Buddy. Yeah, the skinny guy that dies at the uh, at the billiard hall. Oh, that's his cousin. That's his cousin. That's his cousin. Who are you talking about? The, there was a guy from Scarface on it. Uh, well, there's two. The the small guy, yeah. you know, the tiny guy mm-hmm. that he hangs out with, and there's the guy that had the chainsaw. That's the guy he has lunch with out yeah, in that yeah, yeah, open yeah. thing. Okay, and he's he's like retired. <laughs> that was the guy who used the chainsaw in uh, Scarface, and he was amazing in that. And uh, Louise Guzman was in the movie, and uh, a great. Uh, shouldn't uh, not. Failed to mention Benny Blanco from the Bronx, oh, played yeah. by the brilliant uh, John, John Lacazamo, as the young guy that you shouldn't be fucking with. That's a good example. You see him come out against Jane Franco being cast as. Yeah, I heard him walk as, it back uh, too. Did he? Yeah, he walked it back. Because, it, it, I mean, 
Captain's his sister, what? who is he? Cast James as? Franco is as a Cuban yeah. dictator. What's his name? Doesn't Ca- he Castro. have some sort of uh, heritage? I think James he's more Franco? Italian, but not maybe not. But uh, <laughs> he looks just like, if they showed a picture of him, he looks just like yeah. him. And they they apparently have the same spirit and extracurricular activities because his sister said it, the casting was brilliant. And here's the thing: the whole other move, the rest of the movie, from the director, the director of photography, the actor, everybody else is yeah. is Latino. So you can't really get I, one guy. Come on. I tend not to shit on it until it's made and yeah. we can see what he does. If but we learn anything from like Heath here's Ledger's the, thing. the Joker or any of those, you know. For for a top tier level actor to give an Oscar performance, I was saying James Franco is that person. But as a director, he has the ability. you have to, to be able to say, listen, I could cast a Latino in this role. But this guy is right. This guy is the right guy. So do you want me to let the right guy go that is going to give me everything that I want in my vision yeah. to diversify the set? Now, I understand why you want me to do that. Bring me that guy. Find Pe- me that guy. People forget how much goes into that casting. Yeah. And, like, believe me, they don't want a subpar person in no. that role. I, someone who's getting it now, and everyone gets shit. If you're going to play a real person, you're going to get shit. That that gorgeous girl that's, like, really popular right now playing Marilyn Monroe <clears throat> is getting shit. Anna she de looks Anna, shit. Anna, Anna de Armos. Yeah. She's awesome. She was great in Knives Out. She's she's great in everything. She looks just fucking like her. I mean, come on. I mean, I know she's got the accent is hard for her to lose. That's if you watch the trailer, you can still hear it. And yeah. she's trying hard. Yeah. And another person that just got cast, Jason Isaacs, just got cast as Cary Grant. And not in a million years would you ever think Jason Isaacs would play Cary Grant, but they obviously saw him do an impression of him and it sold it. So casting he went to he went to Unless the director wrote it for him. Yeah, yeah. I he mean, went to a bunch of auditions. Yeah, yeah. And he like, tried, Over tried. and over again for studio heads, for people that had money control. Yep. Not just the director, because everybody has to sign off on that. Yeah. A producer, <clears throat> if a producer doesn't want somebody in the film, yeah. he won't be in the film. Or he'll have to get a new director. Yeah. It's true. But, you know, some people these people fight for, and obviously he's going to be great. Wait wait until you shit on somebody until it comes yeah, out. Maybe. That, that's, if it comes out and he's not right for the role, shit on him all you want. Yeah, I'm absolutely. all for that. All right, back to Carlitos, because everyone was cast brilliantly in this movie. Uh, the first scene after he greets everybody and his cousin, he was going to drop him off somewhere. He's like, can I make a stop first? I got to make a pickup. I'm yeah. Doing pickups for... Go to the billiard hall? To go to the billiard hall. And... You kind of were in on as an audience member that something was going to happen. Yeah, because even, Carlito, you saw Carlito be- reacting to something yeah. here doesn't seem right. Yeah, he's asking the right so questions. As soon as you went inside, it all they were the other guys were super tense. They were trying to separate the that two of them. Stand up comedian who uh, who played the killer and oh, yeah, ghost yeah, yeah. Yep. was the main guy. Yeah, you know, reach down there real deep into that cooler. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> didn't you hear? Hear what? Your boss is dead. One of the he, best shots. If I had to pick, I would love, and I, this is a list I probably should do just for my, yeah, because I like making lists. I could come up with a list of the top 20 Brian De Palma shots ever. And that shot in the sunglasses oh, yeah. is is on that list. Because in, from the scene where he's, Carlito is brilliantly setting up this scenario where he can distract he these people. He certainly wasn't worried about <clears throat> his nephew, though. You think he would have went over to Yeah, I'm not sure there was much he could have done about it. But. I'm not sure there is. There were a man, plus there was... He asked him if he could use the bathroom. And it, he said, it's out of order. But yeah. he had seen like a flash walk by in the light. So yeah. he knew somebody was in there. He knew they were going to come out. So he wanted to get the other guys over here. It's a brilliant here. way to show Carly. But what if skills. he doesn't pull that trick shot off? No. What if he doesn't hit the guy That's in the true. head with the with the 
ball. It, things he might go, it might have went differently for sure. So yeah. Carlito had to like, I mean, he kills everybody in the room basically. Kills everybody in the room except his nephew gets his throat a, sliced up like big time. There's a lot of complaints that the Penelope Ann Miller stuff brings the movie down. I, I don't no, really I, agree with that. I don't agree with it because it it just adds for more of a complete story. I, I think. I think it adds to him wanting to get out of the life. Like, he could never make it work with her because he was always in the life. And yeah. now he's not, and she's kind of grown up. He's like, There's a let's lot of- get out of here. He And one thing, uh, there was a bunch of money at that pool hall. Yeah. And he grabbed it all. That's true. So he had a bankroll. That's where his investment yeah. for the Sasso Club. Sasso. <laughs> it used to be wrong. Apparently, that was one of the most, the only annoying things on the set. Apparently, that guy did not speak any English, but they loved him that he had to, they had to say the lines to him okay. and he had to phonetically give it back to him and it wasn't yeah, yeah. as easy as you would think it would come. He wasn't in the movie a whole hell of a lot, so they didn't have to put a whole bunch of Sasso pain in the ass used on to it. be wrong. They would smell, yeah. what's that so smell? <laughs> this movie has, we're not going to go through the whole movie, but this movie has one of the best third acts ever. To the point, that's why when I went, when I would go back to watch Pulp Fiction in the movie, mm-hmm. I, I said before that I saw it nine times in the theater mm-hmm. I would go back and I could not wait for certain scenes to happen oh my god here comes the scene with the gimp oh my god here comes the scene with whatever or with the, when Marvin got shot in the car same with Carlito's way when you knew <clears throat> it really starts right when they when they are going to rescue Tony T yeah he says I need you to come with me on the boat yeah and this was when Kleinfeld completely goes he was overboard crazy. He, you're a gangster I don't it, Carlito's eyes were closed to how bad he had gotten. Yeah. And then by that time, the problem with the whole thing is Carlito really felt some need for... Well, he had saved his life. He considered he him, him his of, brother. Well, he got him out of prison. He, he calls him that several times in the yeah. movie. Kleinfeld's my brother. You know, I got to stand by him as much as I can. And he does till he doesn't. And when he doesn't is what happens on that boat when they are going to bring the mobster. The mobster's idea was he's going to escape from Rikers Island. This is, this is a Mythbusters if I've ever heard of one. Yeah. He's going to jump into the uh, water. Uh, he's got a guard the, that will get, get him in the, the water. Buoy. And once he gets to the buoy, they're going to pick him up. And I, I love how adamant uh, Carlito is. He's going to jump off a barge into the uh, into the East River. He's going to die. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, clear as day. He's going to die. No chance. He says, I don't care. I got to go anyways. Are you going to go with me or are you not? And he says, I'll yeah. go with you. But and then was... when, when Kleinfeld kills Tony T on that fucking thing, <clears throat> that's where the movie takes off, man. It when has... he goes back to the club, which is one of my favorite scenes, where Tony Lord, T's I forgot cut. Viggo Mortensen was in the suit. Yeah, random, weird, random yeah. scene in the, the middle wheelchair of the junkie. I can't fuck. I can't walk. <laughs> with a with a bad wired too. Bad Spanish accent. Crazy, but when they get back to the club and Tony T's other son is already there and he's there with the guy from Midnight Run, mm-hmm. and he sits down and they and that big guy. Remember they have like a four hundred and fifty pound guy there, mm-hmm. and. They're there and they're talking and you're just watching Carlito's way who knows he needs to get to the train station. Penelope Ann Miller is meeting him at the train mm-hmm. station. He just needs to get out there. and He's 10 seconds away from getaway. Yep. And so he goes behind the bar and then I love the shots of the music playing and then of Tony T's son. The, the, the building up of like the anger at Tony T where he's just staring at the bar waiting for... Uh, Carlito to come out. He doesn't come out. And at a point, Tony T's son gets pissed and walks behind the bar and realizes that there's a hatch under there. And yeah. This is a street thing now. That chase into fucking uh, the, was this New York? 
was New York, right? Wasn't that at uh, Grand Central Station so. at the end? Was yeah. that Grand Central Station? But you skipped, <coughs> you skipped a part. Sure. Um, it had the best reveal as uh, Kleinfeld was in Oh, yeah, the, in the, 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 killing of, the killing of Kleinfeld. Yeah. yeah, so he went and visited him. He knew that they were going to come to the hospital yeah. and kill him. And so he had a handgun. Or did he give it to him or he let him see it? Anyways, he had it, he had it for him. a second. But Al Pacino had it for a second. Yeah. And he gave it back to him. And then as he's walking out, you saw him drop the bullets into the trash can. And then Tony T's And then Tony T's dressed as a, is cop. a cop. And Kleinfeld raises up the gun yeah. and click, click, click. And you realize and that's, you, when the bullets that's when fall. the bullets fall. Yeah. It, but that was off. That scene was awesome. Oh, was I mean, so the, that to the end of the movie was from, just a From what play. I had heard, too, on the trivia, they spent a long time on that scene. They wanted to make that scene look like it was doable. In Grand Central? Uh, no, it, the Kleinfeld stuff. They okay. wanted to make it look natural that uh, Carlito could actually take those bullets out without Sean Penn noticing. So they worked really hard on it, apparently, and spent like days and days on that scene. The uh, This is one of those movies, if you watch it a second time, you'll pick up something you didn't see the first time. Oh, yeah. But when you're in the train station, Benny Blanco runs by him yep. at one point. And oh, yeah. he, if you were paying attention, yep. you would say, hey, wait, that's Benny Blanco. Yep. But you didn't even think about it. With his arm not even yeah. in that coat, yeah. too. Yep. But even before that, that scene on the escalator where he has to lay down and mm-hmm. the other guy is going and then he looks up and he sees that big fat guy staring down yeah, at him yeah, yeah, and he yeah, does yeah. that great shot. I mean, it's hard not to make the comparisons with that into the Untouchables scene, yeah. which is also one of the best scenes at the train yeah. station. Completely different, but also very similar kind of uh, feel to it and everything. What was interesting about this movie, too, is that at the very beginning, they show uh, Carlito dying. Mm-hmm. You know, that it opens with Carlito well, and he's narrating. Being shot. You don't know if he dies, though. You just hear him narrating. He narrates a little bit at the beginning, and I think he doesn't He doesn't narrate through the movie, though, does he? I don't, I don't think so. I don't so. think so. It's just the beginning and just the end. Just the beginning. And the end. And the end. I think at the very end he does, too. But I don't think you knew he was going to die or not. Yeah. Did they even say whether he died or not? I don't I'm not think sure they, they ever showed. They just I think it just showed that the, the camera tilted, and you could yeah. see Penelope. Well, he, and and he was staring at the mural yeah. of the Sunset Beach that they were yeah. never going to see. Oh, yeah. Yeah, then they show her like dancing. Yeah, but the image yeah, turns they, to like actual. Like, he's, like image. seeing them hanging out on the beach, yeah. or her hanging out on the beach. Something. Oh man, don't and, fuck up the little guy, man. That little guy ain't gonna forget. Yeah, of all they had to the do was respect of all him, the times to, to show him. him. He was pretty respectful. Yep. Of like, she should have had a drink with him. Yeah, it was one mistake. I mean, he was that, being a jerk to the owner, but he didn't know that. He didn't know that what's his name was now a half owner. It was almost out of character. You know, he probably yeah. if if he had approached him at a different time, he probably would have given him the respect, not at the respect, but the time that he would have made him happy. But I think he wanted to be business partners with him and we should do this together and everything. Yeah. He's like, No, nah, I'm not doing that. This is my club. I'm, I just like Zahoro was like he wouldn't pay Ron. Yeah. And so they brought him over. And then like, oh shit, I didn't know. He's like yelling at his lackey. He's like, pay the man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love John Lacazama. I like his kind of progression in his career too. He does a lot of that. He was in that Waco uh, miniseries. And he was his really stand-up is really funny. He yeah, talks about his childhood where uh, they had a name for the, it was an organization that would send like underpoverished inner city kids to go live with like our super rich family. Yeah. And, Interesting. And like well, he's got story upon story. Yeah. Right? <laughs> and he didn't like to do it except when he would go there, he 
get all f- toys and they would buy them all kinds of crazy yeah. shit. And then like, like, I ain't gonna say no to this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's interesting, man. Yeah. So Carlito's way. Definitely. If you're a film fan, go back and check out a lot of the Brian De Palma films, man. Like I said, if you're a film fan and uh, you, you probably seen most it, of them. It's, not only are you going to get fantastic films, you're going to get great acting, you're going to get great camera shots. Even for per- people that, there's a lot of people that watch films and they just, it doesn't register. You know, they don't pay attention to different yeah. camera angles and shots. When you watch a De Palma movie, it's undeniable. You cannot help but realize the crane shot or the extreme close-up within the, the sunglasses. Or, yeah. or somebody in the... He does that better than nobody uh, or anybody else. Does he do somebody so close in the foreground and then in focus in the background, something unbelievably major happening, like someone approaching that person with a knife the or something cinematographer like from Munich. Reminds me a lot of De Palma. It's gotta be. He did a, a lot yeah. of like reflection he shots. He did do a bunch of De Palma a lot of kind like, of shots. Now that I'm thinking of it, yeah, I, I could I could tell that he did. I'm wondering who if De Palma had a normal kind of guy or people just uh, he might have De, wrote, De written his college thesis on De Palma. You never know. Yeah, De Palma is definitely he set the trend. A uh, there's no way he's not a uh, storyboard type guy. I mean, his stuff needs. I mean, to be I, I'm pretty sure when we were filming our movies, if you there was a a time when you're like, I want it to look like De Palma. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, without a doubt. He's but, always been one of my major guys. He's always been one of the guys that I was in awe with the, some of the shots that he was able to get. Because, like I said, there's I wonder there's if he directors. was a Hitchcock's fan because Hitchcock did those angles and stuff too. Not as He definitely did. And, yeah. He didn't do the one-stop shit. Like, Snake Eyes was still one of the greatest shots. I love Snake Eyes, man. And people give that a lot of shit. Really? There's only a few... Uh, Ones that I would avoid, like the the femme fatale one. In his later career, he had done a couple kind of stinkers and everything. But his early stuff, like Phantom of Paradise, I don't think people have seen. And that's a fucking fantastic one. Phantom of the Paradise. Phantom of the Paradise, sorry. That was a good one. Uh, Let me pull up uh, De Palma real quick since we're right here talking about him. And it's right here. Because I can't even remember, what was the last good one that he did? That's That's a really good question there. Because he hasn't done a whole lot of stuff. Maybe he's just been busy uh, doing his... uh, I'm going to look straight under movies in case he's doing TV. But So he's done 30 movies and 41 credits total. So he's done he's done some stinkers in the last couple of years. So he did one called Domino, Passion, Redacted. The Black Dolly is the last totally one I good. saw. And it was decent. It Femme was, Fatale, like I said, The script decent. wasn't great, but it was filmed nice. Mission to Mars, decent. Snake Eyes was probably the last best one. That was uh, like 2000. But if, I, if I'm listing, I'm going to list from Snake Eyes down. So we've got Snake Eyes, Mission Impossible, Carlito's Way, Raising Cain. Oh, my God. Uh, Bonfire of the Vanities, Casualties of War, The Untouchables, Wise Guys, often overlooked with Piscopo and uh, mm-hmm. Danny uh, or um, Dane DeVito. Loved it. Body Double, Scarface, Blowout, Dress to Kill, something called Home Movies, which I'm not sure what that is. Uh, the Fury, which I, I liked. A lot of people didn't like The Fury. It, it's kind of a lesser version of scanners mm. same thing as scanners but just not quite as good carry obsession phantom of the Parama- uh, paradise phantom of the paradise sisters and then he was going on to like some lower grade stuff what is this home movies keith gordon i love keith gordon man he's used keith gordon a lot of stuff keith gordon is a creative young man who films the oddball doings of his family and peers i'll have to look that up because that's one of the... And Nancy Allen's in it, too. He uses a lot of the same guys, man. Kurt Douglas, he used him in The Fury. Hey, I, I respect those guys, those directors that are like, these guys know how I want shit done. I like what they can give yeah. me. I can cut my... Quentin Tarantino. It, it makes sense that Quentin Tarantino's favorite director is Brian De Palma. If you watch Brian De Palma movies and you watch 
I think Quinton does goes for a little bit more of the shock value than De Palma does at times and everything. But when you're talking uh, beautifully constructed films with great shots, I mean, Quinton's all over it, man. Yeah, that was what's interesting. I've been watching the or listening to the uh, Quentin Tarantino pod, which is really good if you're out there and you uh, want to hear Quentin talk about some of his stuff. And up till now, it's just been in interviews and uh, and just behind the scenes stuff. It's great hearing him talk to Roger Avery, who's a director in his own right, did the great Killing Zoe, and they've been friends. And I think they even worked at that video store together. This week, they talked about Moonraker, and they talked about. Uh, Firefox. And in Firefox, they got on the the idea that there's just tons of British actors in there uh, speaking badly in German and why didn't uh, or Russian and why didn't they get some of these Russian uh, these actors to learn Russian and everything? And he talks about having that problem himself with Inglorious Bastards, where he thought it was in. I think he he kind of credited uh, Firefox for giving him that idea of the scene with Michael Fassbender when he's trying to pretend he's a Nazi at the bar, mm-hmm. having the drinks with people. Yeah, and Germans then, don't order with two, three yeah, yeah. fingers like this. I, he basically is crediting Firefox for him doing that scene. He says there was something great about Clint Eastwood trying to, not knowing any Russian, but trying to deal with the Russians and only knowing a few phrases that was very tense. And he says he he felt like Firefox didn't go far enough with that, and that is kind of what he did that with in... If you think of that scene in Glorious Bastards, super tense, man, with him and Fassbender, right. because you know what they try to accomplish, and it just it doesn't work out, man. Ah, I love that stuff. But yeah, I'm very interested in seeing what Quentin and Roger Roger are going to be talking about in some of their future movies because they're obsessed with the '70s and '80s. Chances are they're going to kind of stick with that kind of format. <clears throat> I think he was on uh, heard him talk on Rogan. Where he talked, he really shat on the 80s with movies. Even though, I mean, I'm sure he loves tons of 80s movies, but he is a 70s guy, you know. I mean, he grew up, he's like seven, eight years older than us, so he grew up with the grunge of the 70s movies. <clears throat> and I love the 70s movies, but I won't shit on the 80s for sure. It was our childhood. Yeah, I love it, so. If the right. 80s were his childhood, he would have loved them. Yeah, he would have loved them. But that is it for this week. So check out those two movies. I'm not sure how easy they are to find, but uh, I think you can find those as uh, pretty popular films. So check them out if you haven't seen them. They're fantastic. We definitely stand behind them. And uh, if you want to get a hold of us, you can check us out on uh, our Facebook page under Fascinated with Films, or you could give us a shout-out on our two platforms, which is SoundCloud and iTunes. Give us a shout-out or a like. We would appreciate it. Or you can shoot us an email, fascinatedwithfilms at gmail.com, and we'll get back to you. Me and Justin are playing around with some video for maybe a YouTube thing. We did a tester thing where we're recording both of us at the same time. Like Gladiator movies, Jimmy? I'm I'm playing around with like shooting both of us with our cameras and dumping them on the timeline. You would not believe how much work they make you jump through to get a split screen. You have to do like the old school negative 400 on one side, negative 580, and it moves the thing, shift to the left and shifts to the right. You have to I'm do... I'm sure there's a that better... That was like some old computer programming yeah, shit. I imagine there's better programs. I, I looked online at... Uh, this was called DaVinci something. Uh, completely free. You're doing free stuff. <clears throat> yeah. If you yeah. bought like... If but, you bought a, but I'm a telling video you, editing program, this probably... I've I've edited stuff on the high end stuff, and this thing is pretty damn the same thing. Unless it's just that advanced now. You're so much far <laughs> advanced than you yeah, were yeah, ever. Probably imagined. from ten years ago. I was you're like, this like, is the same shit I was doing, and it's like, free now. I only have to think about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm just, it, because it doesn't make sense that you can't just drag to one side. I watched drag Ash edit for like five minutes, 
And he doesn't he even probably use a mouse a anymore. He has a pen. Does he use a Mac? I don't know if it's a Mac. I don't think it's a Mac. Yeah. But he has a pen on a pad. Yeah. And there's like just a few buttons around the pen and he's whipping things around. Yeah. And, I would have to and, spend a weekend with and him. And it connects the ends and you can put in like your what your favorite transition is and it just does it yeah. automatically. I, like if you want to ramp down the volume on one and ramp up I rewatched our movie after Justin picked it last week and I was impressed with how well the editing turned out. But I remember... I did not have any schooling with it, so I know I took the long way you to took, get it. Well, I, you didn't I even got know where quick, I needed. You didn't to even be. know quick keys. Too many of them. No, I didn't know any quick keys. I definitely took so. the long route doing it because I just didn't have the time to be, be as versed in it and everything. But if we had sat down and thought about what it would take to do a movie, we probably wouldn't. Have <laughs> yeah, done. well, that's the key. That's why we we and everyone Jump else right in. tells you just get a camera and start filming your buddy walking down the street, and then yeah. cut it with some other uh-huh. stuff, and then uh, you. But before you realize it, you have a Jim Jarmusch film. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or a Lost Frontiers. Everybody's crying. Oh, shit. You don't want to take it that level. <laughs> All you actors are getting naked. <laughs> and two of you aren't leaving. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So until next week, you'll see me and Justin. We'll come back with another exciting episode of the, uh, the Friday favorites that we're doing now. Until uh, next week. See you. Bye. Oh, yeah, man. I had my shit. Washed in, bro! Big time! Thank God every day that I don't believe in him. (laughs) (laughs) Does that make sense? That does make sense. (laughs) Might be my end line on this too. (laughs) Hello and welcome to Fascinating (laughs) with Bill. Anyway.